This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Ohio. 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 Yes. We're going to discuss the mysterious death of 17-year-old mm-hmm. Kurt Sova. Kurt Sova. That's a cool last name. Yeah, I agree. So, Kurt Eugene Sova was 17 years old. Still in high school, obviously. Not even knowing the world yet. I I know. So, from Newburgh, he was from Newburgh Heights, Ohio, which is um, just a suburb of Cleveland. Mm Mm-hmm. And he disappeared after a Halloween party one night in 1981. Aww. He then turned up dead only five days later. Prior to his death, Kurt was described as being your typical high school boy. Stinky. He was a good student. A good son and a very good friend. These were all things that were constantly said about him throughout the investigation. He was a good kid. Yes. He was the youngest of four boys. Mm -hmm. And he was super close with his family. His mother reported that Kurt was never in any trouble. So he never did a lot of bad things. Mm -hmm. And that was something like he was never in trouble with his neighbors, school or the police. Like he had no history of like delinquency whatsoever. So... Kurt's oldest brother, Kevin, described Kurt as being fun-loving, very funny, uh, like a comedian, mm-hmm. uh, and he, very athletic. He loved doing sports. In another report, Kevin said that Kurt very well might have been the most talented of all of them. Yeah. So on Friday, October 23rd, 1981, Kurt reportedly skipped school and hung out near a local liquor store until he convinced someone to buy him a bottle of Everclear. Which is really funny. Not funny. It's 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 a contradiction. Right. That's what I was just about to say. Everything that's being said about him. It's like everyone is saying he wasn't a troublemaker and he was right. a good kid. And I mean, granted, yes, like some of those kids. I mean, I was technically a good kid, too. But yeah. like, yeah, you find a way to get the Everclear <laughs> of all things. Of all things. I read that as soon as I read Everclear. I was like, oh. To be 17. Be able to handle that. Oh, my gosh. Not have the heartburn. Like, immediate. immediate. <laughs> like, I read the word Everclear, and I felt the acid in the back of my throat, you know? Like, like your mouth <laughs> salivating, and you're like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, someone finally bought him a bottle of Everclear, which he spent the day drinking at a friend's house before venturing out to attend to the local carnival. And according to friends and family, it was unusual for Kurt to drink a lot. So his behavior on this day in particular was very out of the ordinary. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So Kurt made his way to the carnival. And while headed there, he ran into a friend, Samuel Carroll, who was heading to a Halloween party. Instead of going to the carnival, Kurt decided to join Samuel. And they ended up attending the party at, the, at a duplex um, on Harvard Avenue. Mm-hmm which is about two miles from the house where Kurt lived with his parents. So not too far. Yeah. 
walkable. Right. Samuel claimed that Kurt became highly intoxicated and violently ill at the party. So the two ended up going outside to just get some fresh air. And because it was so cold outside that night, Sam decided to go back into the duplex to get their jackets. And he left Kurt by the fence on the property. When Sam came back, however, probably only two to three minutes later is what the story accounts for. Uh Kurt was gone. Sam briefly looked around for Kurt in case he had simply wandered away, but because such a short time had passed and there was no sign of Kurt, Sam assumed Kurt had gotten a ride home. From who, though? Like, You're right. Like, did he call somebody? Did like what year was this? Uh, the eighties. This was nineteen eighty-one. I mean, he didn't have a cell phone. Right. Was there a payphone outside? Like, so according to Kurt's mom, Dorothy. It really is not like Kurt to be gone overnight. It was not like him to stay out after 10 or 1030 at the latest. And when Kurt didn't return home by the next morning, his parents became extremely worried and started calling around to friends to try to locate him. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I probably would have called the night before. Um, Tracker on the phone. Absolutely. That's the only good thing about. My child will be low jacked at all times. <laughs> uh no for real though like yeah Yeah. my partner jokes about if if we ever have kids that i'm gonna have like a chip placed in them i literally was gonna say have them microchipped Mm -hmm. and that's really i I mean that's not i would never do that (laughs) no (laughs) i just our minds are very similar (laughs) i was like yeah microchip them (laughs) <laughs> use that little wand right on the back of the neck i mean good thing my parents never had that i mean obviously it's not a thing right now either but good thing it wasn't like they could track your cell phone yeah so when their phone calls didn't turn up any information on kurt they ended up searching the neighborhood for him and were unsuccessful in finding anything mm-hmm. on sunday october 25th when there was still no sign of him whatsoever Dorothy and Kurt's father, Ken, ended up filing a missing person report with the Newburgh Heights police. What I found interesting was, why didn't they call the police sooner? It was the next day? No, it was two days later. Yeah. Because uh, he went to the party on October 23rd. So he went, the last time he was seen was, was the evening of October 23rd, probably when he left his house to go to the carnival. Yeah, I would be like, the next morning, Yeah, I would be calling the police. Yeah. It was it was very it was just very interesting. I think there's maybe a difference of how old they are versus how long you can report them missing. I mean, yeah. he was seventeen, so maybe they could have thought he was a runaway or. But also, aren't, aren't most states isn't it forty eight hours to be considered missing? I think so. Something like that, depending on in, if it's a child, mm. like if it's a like an we, infant, it's probably like. They can't just get up and walk away, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, even a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. But once I think you hit, like, past four, like... 16. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we said that at the same time. Um, Kurt's family indicated that the local police did not take his disappearance very seriously, and they failed to do a thorough investigation. Assertions that there were... That were later supported when the police chief pleaded guilty to their election of du- duty, 
related to allegations of gambling and corruption. <laughs> and another police officer pleaded guilty to brutalizing suspects while he was already serving a prison term for a drug conviction. So Ohio had a really cool uh, police force. The Cleveland, Ohio Police Department just was really not even the Cleveland. It was the, the Newburgh Heights Police Department was not shining examples of excellence. At the time. Apparently, because of this, the family ended up continuing their own investigation in his disappearance. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're not going to rest until you have answers, right? right? You're not going to rest until your son comes home safely. Mm -hmm. So. They did everything that they could to find him. Dorothy confronted the residents of the duplex where the party was held. At first, they denied even having a party or even seeing Kurt in, in the building that night. But a pizza delivery person confirmed that he delivered a pizza to the duplex during a party the night that Kurt had disappeared. Okay. Which then, of course, they started singing a different story right like they were they were like oh yeah we saw him he was here we were having a party and it's like well, okay yeah why didn't you just say that obviously you know someone's missing like unless right. you had something to do with it i don't care that you were drinking right underage if right. that was the case exactly so they changed the story and they admitted that they did have a party and that they did see kurt at the party yeah it's annoying people are dumb i mean they're scared they're gonna get in trouble but a child is missing right while Kurt's family continued their search, um, the owner of a local shop where the family put up a missing person flyer was actually approached by a mysterious man. Ooh. The mysterious man claimed that the flyers weren't needed anymore because Kurt would be found dead in a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Who says that? Sir, do you want to sit down? I'll get you a free milkshake. Yeah. Calls Call. the police. 911. Hello. Weirdo. How reliable is the police department? <laughs> so, police questioned him, but they ultimately decided he suffered from mental illness and wasn't responsible for Kurt's disappearance or a threat to the community. So they ended up clearing him. Okay. Several days later, after his disappearance, one of the residents of the duplex where the party was held notified Dorothy that there was someone sleeping on a cot in the basement of the duplex and that it might be Kurt. Okay. While police didn't investigate this lead. Why would they? Right. Kurt's father uh, went to the duplex and they ended up, he ended up seeing that someone had been staying in the basement. Mm -hmm. But when he like poked around and like was looking, he didn't find any signs of Kurt, like nothing that belonged to him. Yeah. No personal effects or anything. And so he, it couldn't be definitively said that the person that was sleeping in the basement was even Kurt. Well, and good for him to like have that right mindset to be like, like, I wish it was my kid, but I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So on October 28th, 1981, this is now five days after Kurt's disappearance. Okay. Three kids playing by a furniture warehouse came across a body in a ravine. That was only about 500 yards from the duplex where the party took place. Mm. When authorities arrived to the scene, they confirmed that the body was that of the missing Kurt Sova. He was found in shallow water, face up, wearing a bright yellow t-shirt, and he was barefoot. Okay. His left shoe was discovered nearby, but his right shoe was never recovered. The chief deputy coroner ended up performing an autopsy, but he was unable to, to determine a cause of death. And I, I don't know. Let me just go back to the, the body being found. So it annoys me 
<laughs> so much that this poor child's body was found only 500 yards away from the place where he was last seen. And the that body could have been found five days earlier. Really? That's exactly. If the police had actually investigated. Yeah. If they had bothered to even canvas the neighborhood, the I mean, area. 500 feet is like what? A base, uh, football field? Yeah. I guess that's 100 Ish, yards. Right? Yeah. I don't know, math. But if you had just searched, like, in that vicinity. Yeah. Anywhere. Right. That, that's annoying. This police department annoys me. Uh, Kurt's body had some minor scrapes and bruises, but there were no clear signs of trauma to, that indicated foul play. Mm-hmm. And Kurt's blood alcohol level was listed as 0.11, which by itself would not likely have been high enough to kill Kurt. Yeah. The manner of his death ended up being determined to being like a probable accident. I mean, I want to go back to the 0.11 because that's like three drinks. Yeah. And if you were drinking Everclear and your friend also said that he was so, he seemed so drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was it a while until it metabolized a little bit? Um, right. Well, and you have, like, how much was he drinking at the party? I don't know. But unless he, I mean, unless he drank more often than people thought, too. But you would still have a really, I mean, I mean Everclear. A, yeah, that's true. Everclear's like, is that 100 proof? I think so. Yikes. Like, a beer is 0.04. Yeah. Like, one glass of something is 0.04, or, like, a mixed cocktail. If you were, like, actually drinking pure, pure, like, liquor by its own. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So, the manner of his death uh, ended up being determined as being a probable accident. Okay. However, Kurt's body was found in a ravine that had been searched less than a day earlier. The death was considered suspicious. Okay, so they did do a search. Let's read and let's continue reading. So that's interesting that they had done a search of the area the day before and there was nothing there. But how can you even trust them? True. But that is weird also. And then if it was five days later, there's no way he would have a 0.11 blood alcohol level unless he drank after that. Like if he didn't pass away until that fifth day or that fourth night. Yeah. There's no way four days later you would still have a blood alcohol level. True. That's very true. So Kurt's family and law enforcement now believe that somebody who knew the area uh, very well dumped Kurt's body in the ravine after the searchers initially looked there. If it were me, I'd be looking at who searched that area because, like, in my mind, if you were the killer, because a lot of times killers do insert themselves into the investigation. Right. If they were combing the area and they knew that they searched that area, it yeah. would be the perfect place to put the body because you know that it's already been searched. Right. That is very true. In 2019, almost 40 years after Kurt Sova's death, the Newburgh Heights Police Department has reopened Kurt's case and has partnered with Tiffin University criminology students to reinvestigate the evidence. In 2020, Kurt's case was selected for CrimeCon Crowd Solve, which is an exclusive event where true crime enthusiasts and citizens, uh, citizen detectives gather to examine case files and they explore new theories in these unsolved cases. Uh-huh. While both efforts generated new ideas and potential leads, the case still remains unsolved. Yeah. 
Anyone with information regarding Kurt's case should contact Crime Stoppers at 216-252-7463. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast. My Village Productions. 